Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Beerman. Welcome to the Best Hang Podcast. We got Max, we got Shane, we got myself. Uh, off the top, we'll just say Shane's audio is going to be a little bit uh, zoomy because we're in three different locations and Shane doesn't have a proper microphone, but that's okay. We're going to get through it. Guys, a lot going on, but the big thing is Max or Kells, mm. you guys just played an incredible show in Toronto at Scotiabank Arena, slammed, packed house, lights up everywhere, mm-hmm. magic in the room. How are you feeling? How does it feel? Uh, I, I'm so glad it's over, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Grateful it, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, is, we feel obviously so lucky, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to, to be able to play that show. But I realized, I was like, as we were in the home stretch, I was like, I am just been a ball of anxiety and stress. Uh, and if kind of for the last like three years since the pandemic happened, cause we've just been trying to make it work for three years. And, you know, we have one more show in New York next week, which is fun. It, it's, it's like a Bowery ballroom. It's blink once, blink twice, top to bottom, but it's like sold out. It'll, it'll be like a way to cap off the year. But you know, when we're booking these big ambitious shows across Canada, it's like there's not only does the creative side have to be top notch and really good, but you know, you have to worry about selling the tickets and you know, all the promotion that goes into it and all just the people involved. And again, I love all that stuff, but the thing which is different about right now is that it's a tough time uh, for touring. I don't know if we've talked about this on other podcasts, but like, you know, Lord has put out uh, big statements and Santi gold and uh, animal collective, all these like big established bands uh, have talked about like sort of the, 
the state of the industry and, and what kind of peril it's in right now uh, and how hard it is to be just a working musician because everything is more expensive. Crew people have left the industry. So finding uh, the people to work on tours is really hard. So there's just been so much to do. And I know that like, you know, statistically speaking, most tours, with the exception of like the massive ones, like the Taylor Swifts that you hear about or the Post Malones or whatever, most tours are struggling, really. And so we had sort of the weight of all that and all the people in our circle that, that Ash and I really sort of like to hold on to that pressure um, and try not to, you know, let it affect everything else. Uh, so the fact that we got through it and there was no cancellations because of COVID, we didn't have to cancel any shows because of ticket sales. Most of the shows actually grew uh, in uh, in turnout, which is kind of insane to me. Like, and, like you know, to be around for as long as we have is pretty amazing that it just kind of keeps on going the right direction. Anyway, long story long, I had a really nice weekend after the show was over, just kind of not having a care in the world. So th that is the answer to your question, uh, Mike. I know it's, it's, a, it's an honest answer and it's a sort of, it's a very real answer. Cause it'd be easy just to come on and be like, it was incredible, which it was. It was. And I was and the show itself. There's, we can get into the show and stuff, but that is how I feel right now. <laughs> I saw that uh, maybe it was on uh Birchall's Instagram. You were out the next night. It looked like maybe mm. that was your like release. You, you were able yeah. to go out and have some drinks. It was like a shots uh, a video. One of those yeah, like Don Don's It's like a Japanese place on Dundas and Bay. They do this like fun tradition where it's sake bombs where basically you have to kind of hit the table with your fists and yeah. the shot is uh, on top of the chopsticks and then it falls into the glass underneath it that's full of beer and then you have to down it and they time you to see how fast you can down the drink and uh, <laughs> and then and then they have the winners at the end of the night uh, awarded with some prize or something. I don't know. Seems yeah, responsible. That was, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and also, you know, just, uh, you know, we, we played Montreal Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, we're in Ottawa. We The tour bus rolled into Toronto. I, I hadn't really slept on Friday at all either. Like, I was just like, just the adrenaline of the day and all the things we had to take care of. It was just like a lot. And the Toronto show is the biggest one. So we had like lasers at the show. You know, Jake Clemens was coming on stage from the E Street Band. Joel Plaskett was opening and coming on stage with us for Something's Gotta Give. You know, and all, all the friends and family that are coming and just responsibilities that you have. So uh, it was just, yeah, it's just so much to kind of work through uh, to kind of to get to here. But uh, I can see Shane's face now. There he is. <laughs> Shane looks like he's being held hostage right now. Sorry, I'm just texting. Uh, I'm with Mark right now, so I, I need to let him in the building I'm in, so I, I have to uh, stay by my phone to keep updated. No problem. For our listeners, Shane is in, in sort of in the middle of, of adjusting some edits for the sketch show, which we talk about a lot, but that is in an exciting stage where a lot of stuff is coming together and it's looking good. But it, for the fact that, you know, we can even take some time right now and Shane is snuck into a, a recording booth to do this is uh, it's fun that we can. Uh, yeah. Talk Sorry. About this. this is about Max. So I don't want to be the distracting guy. I'm trying to pay attention, but yeah. We're no, 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 it's all good. Okay. Well, okay. Well, here's it, Mike, you asked me <laughs> any, any questions about the show and then I kind of want to know what it was like from your perspective because that's actually almost more interesting to me uh, any, yeah. anything about the show that you that, that any because you've seen uh the show a number of times and what made the show actually easier uh than other big shows we've had in the past it was as at the end of the tour so the bud stage shows the three big ones that we did last summer we hadn't played in 16 months so we, so we had so much material to learn or with the rally it was like okay that's the first big launching point of the summer like there's 
a lot to kind of figure out with this show. We've been sort of touring it for like the last nine months. So we kind of knew what we were doing. So Mike, uh, how, how did, as a, um, a performer yourself, as somebody who has a you know a keen eye for entertainment and analysis, uh, g- give me, give me the <laughs> highs and lows. What you know, we workshop some of the things that we, that I want to talk about. Uh, cause you are my script writer as, as the listeners of the pod know, uh, what do you, what do you think? You're too kind saying as a performer myself, I perform nothing. I, I gave I gave a speech at a wedding uh, a couple of weeks ago, but <laughs> what you're doing is on a whole other level. It is always fascinating too, standing with um, our friends because we had a whole group that was kind of like watching the, from the back of the room. And it's always interesting because it's like, we're all friends. We all hang out. We're all, but then you go up there and it's like, you kind of turn into this whole other thing, you know, which is depending on how you see it. It's interesting because I frame it in a way where it's like I, I sort of kind of like I, I know how the trick is done. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, I know what's going on. But then other people are like, holy shit, like our buddy who we're drinking with and watching basketball with. He's like a rock star right now. And he's prancing, <laughs> and, you know, and it's, it's and our, our good friend, Matt Weber, who owns um, Berkeley North here in Hamilton. He, he's who I went out to Toronto with him and our buddy Peak. And uh, he had never seen an Arkell show. So it was oh, really, really cool okay. to watch it through his eyes. You know uh, what that's I mean? cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. But um, yeah, like, I mean, for me you know, that song, uh, you know, that song, when you break it down acoustically, like, and it hurts, uh, I, I'm blanking on the name of your song. Quitting you. Yeah. Yeah. Quitting you. Quitting you. <laughs> that moment to me is always like, I don't know. I I'm a sucker for like acoustic. And I think what's mm-hmm. great about your shows is it's got peaks and valleys and you bring it down and everybody comes out and it's sort of this acoustic thing and everybody's singing. But to me, I think that's kind of, do you feel like that's become like a big moment for the show? Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, there's so much power in making it quiet, you know, because it's like, we really like punching people in the face, but when you have a moment of intimacy like that and you can tell a little story about the song and yeah, the, the acoustic moments, I think at most shows often are like the, the most transcendent yeah. moments. You know, and that's that song's great too. That you know what I mean. It's a really. I feel like it's become one of my favorite. Where maybe initially it wasn't like in my top. And I'm like, oh shit! I'm like, there you go. It's a grower to me anyway. Yeah. No, it's. Um, what, what do you think of my my banter? It's great. You're on it. Did you not? Because again, you just said you came off three nights in a row, no sleep. Did you feel like you were in the pocket? To me, it felt like you were. Uh, you know, I felt pretty you, good. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was. I felt like I was pretty on. Um, yeah. No, I, I was. I was happy with all that. And uh, the, the other thing I was worried about was um, we sort of hummed and hawed internally about if we should play Gimme, Gimme, Gimme again, because we've played that a lot as the cover. And we're like, and here's the thing, is a fine line when you go to a concert between seeing the thing that feels tired versus the, seeing the thing that you just are looking forward to, to watching. Because sometimes you go to a show and you're like, oh, the band didn't do the thing that I love. And then if they do the thing that you love too many times, then they go, okay, I've seen this like six times or, you know what I mean? Like it's a fine line between delivering the goods with also like not making people bored by the same old shit. So like, did this, did the set seem fresh to you? Cause you've seen a lot of these bits before. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing though. I I almost feel like I don't, I mean, that's the thing is like, if something's great, you just kind of want to see it again. And I think for me, it hits that fine line, but that's the thing where it's like, I do feel like I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, I I know the show. I've seen the show, especially, you know, we were at the, um, Tim Hortons field, which had a lot of the similar elements and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we had talked about some of the stuff you're going to say about Joel the the night before, two nights before Montreal. So I was listening to sort of how that played out, but I think it was great. And like that ABBA song fucking slays. So it's almost like you kind of got to go back to the well. Shaney, I'd be interested to know your favorite parts of of the performance. It's hard for me. Like going out on these nights, it's all about me. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) 
I've got two All children. of my friends say that, by the way. Like, yeah. Yeah, most of the friends I ask about the show, they go, I wasn't really paying attention. I had a lot of people I had to see. <laughs> Max, like, I take you and your talents and your fame and everything you've done totally for granted. You're like Michael Jordan in the sense that if Mike has a big game, I'm not being like, good game tonight. He's like, yeah, you know, I scored 30 every night. Thanks. Like, it means nothing. So, <laughs> let you know here on the pod. I appreciate you. I'm amazed by you, everything. But I take you for granted. I'm at that point where it's just a given that you're doing this massive show and it's amazing and all that. So, I'm just there to chat and, like, kind of be noticed myself because these are hubs for Mike on March, the best hang fans. I'm kind of posturing, wondering, Ooh, is someone noticing me? And it's my big time to be social. I'm already, I'm, I'm also drinking, which I don't do as often as I did when I didn't have children. So this elixir tastes a little bit better than before. It's like, Ooh, this, this strange drunk feeling is, is fun to be in again. And I'm yeah. just, often it's people yelling in my ear. I'm going, what? And then they're like, hey, and I'm like, what? And then I'm like pretending I heard them the third time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of that for the show. All that being said, when I think it was your closing song, uh, what's that one you do with K Flay? I think is awesome. Uh, yeah, you can get it. You can get it. Yeah. That, that you closed with that, right? Yeah. That's when I was really into the show. <laughs> the last song? You got to pay attention. I'm jumping around. I'm loving it. And then it was done. But yeah, gr great show. I, I do like the outdoor shows and the atmosphere that just simply being outside creates. Yeah. So I do prefer those a little bit more. But I mean, like you pay, played Scotiabank Arena. It's unbelievable and mind-blowing if I really think about it too much. So yeah, I, I had a great time. I can't give you the best critique simply because there's too many friends, there's too much fun, and there's too much alcohol to be had at these things. Did, did you uh, <laughs> give me the best Shaniac sighting or uh, any, anything from the pod uh, of note? Any, any listeners mm. give any feedback? And anyone mostly just shit on me and just say how you two are the best on the show? <laughs> no, I think, well, someone kept tapping me on the back, just tap, 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 tap. And I'm ignoring them. I'm, I think it's Alex trying to get my attention. So I'm like, kind of like doing like a shoulder shrug to get the tapping off my back. And then I turn around. I'm like, what, what? Thinking it's Alex, but it's this, just this woman. And she's like, I really love your podcast. And I was mm. like, oh, oh my God, thank you. So I went from being like kind of annoyed at this incessant tapping to feeling very, uh, you know, embarrassed at my reaction and then turning on the niceness. But that was kind of the... It was funny if you were to see it, but it, it's not funny to describe it. But that was, yeah, my mm -hmm. favorite person. It was, it was a red-headed woman. If she's listening, my apologies if I recoiled <laughs> at the tapping. There was a lot of tapping going on, so I think anyone might do that. But yeah, it was very nice to uh, hear from her. But yeah, there was just a lot of a lot of quick niceties. I talked to the people that Sean Dawson sold the house to, and they were oh. very very nice. So we talked about real estate, mustaches, and. <laughs> specifically real estate mustaches <laughs> a lot of people wanted to talk about my mustache why i talked about it being gone and why it's not necessarily fully gone now and uh yeah there was a lot of talk of that uh, hats also that people wanted to know if the hat i was wearing was the hat i was making fun of uh, for hipsters wearing because i was wearing a hat that was kind of blue and kind of colorful but yeah a lot of awesome interactions and uh 
yeah, fun to be had at these Arkell shows. I, I, Shane, did you come to the after party? I don't even think I saw you there. Or did I, I saw you your back? Okay, but yeah. Yeah, I don't want to talk to you at an after party. Yeah, I'm just kind of looking over my shoulder, yeah, yeah, me like, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you're just looking around the room for like some. No, the after party is is like is like a wedding reception, and I'm the groom. Like I have to go around the room and say hi to everybody. Like it's it's I'm still sort of on work duty. But my guys, notice you seem to be having a great time. You were telling stories. You know, Kiana and Erica and Jerome and the crew. They were all hanging out. It seemed like they're hanging off every word. Uh, do, what, what, do, what do you recall about the after party? Yeah, no, it was a good time. Well, I mean, like Shane said, like I was, it was, it's always inter- fun to be in an Arkell show because there is a lot of pod listeners. So like I actually, I saw Shane and Alex incidentally, like I came around, they were in a beer line and I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to cut in with you, Shaney. So I cut in and then, so I, I, I'm grab, I grabbed the round. I'm like, if you let me cut in, I'll grab the round. Just as I'm buying it, the people behind us go, do you, do you have a podcast? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I'm a really big fan. And then Shane mm. and Alex at this point are like to my left. I'm like, he's on the podcast. He's like, oh, Shane. And they were so nice. It was this woman. Mm. She was really nice. And just walking through different parts or out in the crowd, people do recognize you, which is always like a really cool feeling because we say this all the time. It's like, oh yeah, it's like, it's the three of us talking, but people actually listen, which is, uh, it's interesting. And then as far as like all our friends, like Shane said, you're basically like, it's like kind of being at a wedding. And our Kel show for our friend group is kind of mm. like being at a wedding where everyone's, yeah. you you see all these people. It's like everyone gets to hang out. People don't get to hang out that much anymore because we got kids and responsibilities and all of that stuff. Our Julian was out. I was shocked yeah. that Julian was out, which was great because he just had <laughs> a kid. And um yeah, and then the after party was great. Our friends Jerome, Keanu, everybody, Rebecca, who s- sorted us out, Rebecca Luckman with all of the That's gear. That's right. The headphones I'm wearing right now, the microphone I'm using um, for this podcast. Uh, so yeah, it was just cool to like hang out with people and everyone's in such a good mood because it's our Kel show. The favorite part of the night for Ash is seeing Julian because- <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because like otherwise everybody's just sort of uh, like bothering Ash the whole night. I mean, it's sort of her job to be bothered, but like she, you know, has her hands on every single part of the show. Yeah. Big shout out to Madra Ash, obviously for everybody knows that everybody knows what Ash does. But I should say it again, you know, like from the merch design ideas uh, that she helps oversee with Mike D to, you know, all this, the the production, the lasers, you know, she, she has her hand involved in everything. But anyway... And, and most of the time people are bugging her about something. Oh, my ticket isn't correct. Like something is going wrong and she has to figure it out. And, um, but she loves seeing Julian. So at the end of the night, uh, I'm getting this transcript from her right now. Uh, Julian comes up to her. This is at the after party and goes, no, no one's going to tell you this, Ash. And this is the elephant in the room, but I'm here to bring you down a notch. You're being a giant bitch. <laughs> it's their bit. It's their bit. It's their bit. Um, so the intention is, behind it is what makes us laugh. You know, he's not being mean about it. No, he loves it. Uh, but another funny thing, actually, um, you know, let's let's go to a commercial break with our friends at Baffin right now. Oh, that's a great idea, Maxi. All right, everybody, we just want to talk a little bit about our friends at Baffin. Uh, they've been great this month for the whole month of uh, November. Actually, this is a true story. We started sort of jokingly talking about how, you know, we're, we got these great cush booties from Baffin and then your wife or your partner is going to want one. Literally the other day, who do I see walking around the house with a baby? My wife, Danica, wearing mm. my cush booties. So she stole mine. I'm like, I got to get you your own. I'm like, what do you think? She's like, they're incredible. They keep my feet warm, but they don't make my feet sweat. I was like, oh, uh, I'm going to tell, I'm going to share that on the pod. So maybe we have some sort of tagline for Baffin where it's like, you're cold, <laughs> Baffin, no don't sweat, sweat. <laughs> No ah. sweat. Oh, you're cold, no sweat. That's pretty yeah. good. That's yep. awesome. I, I was trying to think of something like laughing with Baffin. Mm. Oh, like with Baffin, you're laughing kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, maybe not. It was just a thought, a passing thought. <laughs> my mom also borrowed uh, my baffins because she was looking after my children and she didn't bring her slippers. Mm. And she was in a panic because my mom's feet get quite cold right now. And uh, the baffin saved the day and she just couldn't have been happier. Are you going to get her a pair for herself? For Are you going to do that? That's actually a great idea. Every year, it's the go-to gift with my mom. Maybe all moms. This could be a universal thing. That slippers just can't fail. <laughs> Seems like I'm phoning it in, but it never goes bad when you get your mom's slippers. Oof. Okay, I don't know, now, Max, is your mom like that or is that just me? Like, I don't know. No, no, no. That, that, no, she, she'd love that. No, she'd really appreciate it. Yeah. So anyway, Christmas is coming up. Uh, buy some slippers for everybody in your family. It's getting cold out there. Right now, I don't have my baffins on, if I'm being totally honest. And I'm pissed. I'm really pissed. <laughs> yeah, you seem angry today. I wonder what was up. He's got cold feet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, how did we not do that as a promo? Yeah, we like, it's done like that. you should you should have been Rock like right stars. before the show, right before mm -hmm. the show at ah. Scotiabank. It's like I can't go out, guys. I can't go out. Don't worry. He's got cold feet. He's you get your feet. baffins, and then you're Done. ready to go rock it. Love it. <laughs> My brother getting married. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Just get him his baffins. He's got cold feet. Uh, uh. And he goes out. Yeah. And then it's like baffins. I do. <laughs> That's really good. All right. Well, those are our friends at baffin.com. Check them out. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, speaking of good ads, did you guys see the Osmos ad um, uh, for the World Cup? Did you guys see this? No. no. No, I haven't. Oh, it's great. It's really, and I we love the people at Osmos, by the way, but they have this ad and it feels like it's something that we would have written on this podcast. It, like it's, it's literally that. So basically it's a Canada's world, they're in the World Cup, a player is knocked unconscious and he's <laughs> on, the, on the field and he's not getting up. The team doctor runs out to, to save him and, and, and instead just brings out an Osmos falafel wrap. It's the smelling and, salt. 
Yeah, and then and he smells it, and then the the guy wakes up, the player wakes up and takes a bite, and everything's okay. But there's like the British announcers that are calling the game, and everyone oh, okay. around. The, yeah, but uh, I I just thought it was it was a great example of uh, you know great minds thinking alike. If we if we had written that, it would have been about the same thing. It was great. No, I agree. Uh, no, that yeah. seems like something I come up with. <laughs> Osmos, we're here. If you if you want to join us. Um, did you guys watch any of the World Cup? Any of the Canada sadness? I watched the second Canada one. I, actually, this is a true story. I, what, what, what day did they play? The Thursday was the game one or whatever. And uh, I was seeing if kind of everyone was around like in Toronto because I thought maybe I could pop out. Like, because it was like a two o'clock game, maybe like, you know, do a lunchtime sort of watch an hour of the game. But uh, so I'd message you. I was like, Maxie, are you around? Because I was in the city and you were like, I'm in Montreal. I'm like, I'm like, but bunch of people are watching it. A bunch of people were watching it at odds. Savelli, all these guys. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm not in Hamilton. Whatever. Game happens. Canada lose. Apparently they played great that, that first game. But I finished my day at work. I get on the train. I come home. Danica and the kids pick me up at the train station. And I'm like, oh, a bunch of the guys were watching the game at odds today. I'm like, it'd be really funny if they were still in there as we drive by at like 630 at night or whatever. We drive by odds and I look in the window and there's the guys all still there <laughs> drinking pints. And I like, I laughed. I like literally pushed my hand to like the car window like oh she's like you really want to be in there you really want to be in there right now don't you i'm like i do and uh, and then we just went back up the hill to put the kids to bed but um so no uh, did you you must have watched in montreal i think i saw on its social media you were watching it yeah i watched in montreal uh tough tough game second game was i think even more tough though because i mean it was saturday morning so everyone was pretty tired and hung over but but it was fun. Our you know our our coach was like fuck Croatia we're gonna fuck Croatia and then we did fuck Croatia for the first minute. And then they fucked us for the rest Wait, of the Wait, why would the coach say that he's going to fuck Croatia? Oh, you didn't hear this whole story? <laughs> I no. saw people alluding to it. Like, I guess we got fucked by Croatia, but I didn't know why anyone would say that. So basically a hot mic picked him up, uh, giving his team a chat after the, the first game saying, guys, it's okay. We're meant to be here and we're going to fuck Croatia. And then, because that was the next game. And then reporters asked him about it at the press conference. Answers like, we heard you say you're going to fuck Croatia. Is that what you said? And he was like, that's exactly what I said. We're going to fuck Croatia. So then I guess. Double down. Yeah, double down. And then I guess in Croatia, according to Savelli, it was like one of the biggest like news stories of the year where basically this guy was like on the front cover of every tabloid being like this Canadian asshole like thinks they're going to fuck us. And then, and, and then when we scored the first goal, I think all of Canada was just like, this motherfucker is a genius. This is amazing. And then we lost three, one, but yeah. Four, one. Was it four? <laughs> one? Yeah, Shane's right. I think. Yeah. Didn't they get one? In, in People extra time? turned it off at three, one, but yeah. 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 We, we had it on like just at the house. And then when they scored that fourth one in extra time, it was like that Simpsons, like, stop it. He's already dead. Yeah. Like, I was like, just blow the whistle. But it's not like our hopes. It, this is our first year in the World Cup. We're kind of like the Jamaican bods, bobsled team, right? Like it's, there's not a lot of expectations. So how could anyone really be that heartbroken right now? How, how many of our listeners do you think understand? Do you remember, like, remember the movie Cool Runnings starring John Candy? I think that's a transcendent movie. I think everyone knows that. Well, I think. It's based off a true story. That's true. Uh, yeah, it was the Olympics at Calgary, I believe, right? In like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 988 or something like that. Yeah. Do you guys I can't remember the saying? For these the saying? Audiences. What, what's the saying? I, I'm trying to. It's uh, feel the feel rhythm, the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Feel the rhyme. 
Come on, boys, it's bobsled time or something like that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, you got it. I, I, that Bad third memory part, my yeah. ass, Max. You know what, though? <laughs> it, I, that was our cheer for our like grade six volleyball team. We just did it, but we did it with the Jamaican accents, and I don't think you could do that oh, anymore. Oh, no. You don't think you can do that? <laughs> no, you couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> but at the time, it seemed okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of like the way you hear things, this isn't really speaking of this kind of a bad segue with the fuck Croatia or whatever. Speaking of this works for everything. (laughs) Speaking of, um, did you guys hear this thing? It's like a Barbie cartoon. Danica sent this to me. You might've heard that. It might be popular, might not. I think it came out yesterday, but essentially, oh, it's not even available anymore. Damn. Tell me about it. It's essentially this Barbie clip from the show where the way you hear it, it either sounds like he's saying Barbie or fuck. Oh, oh this is this is this is useless if I can't play it. It is the most bizarre thing, and it's no longer up. Damn, a lot That's of things wild. are like that. Uh, where if you have a certain word in your head, you will hear the word. Yes, and then if you change it, and you, music lyrics are like that. I played these games on TikTok where it's like, listen to this song and now imagine, and then it will say in text the words you're supposed to hear in your head. And that's the words you hear. And then when it changes the text, then you hear the new word. And it's very fascinating as a, a brain experiment. So the way that this thing worked was 100% that, where if your brain goes, he's going to say Barbie, you would hear Barbie. Then if your brain would go, he's going to say fuck, you would hear fuck. But those are such dissimilar words that it shouldn't work, but it worked. And it blew my mind this morning. And the comments were like, what kind of sorcery is this? And it really just goes to show you like how, I don't know, fascinating the brain is. And some people were like, oh no, this is, it's a trick. It's like, they're playing two different clips. It's like, no, they're not. Cause you can just listen to the same clip five times in a row and think Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. it's Barbie. And then you reset it anyway. And the people are like, no, I recorded it on my phone. And anyway, it was Shane, you seem familiar with the phenomenon, but it was yeah. jarring. And I was going to play it on this pod right now, but for some reason the post is down. So I apologize. That was like a head fake, dear listeners. It's like the Mona Lisa smile. You know, sometimes you look at the Mona Lisa smile and she's smiling and then sometimes she's like frowning and sometimes she's like sort of in between. I just saw Glass Onion Knives Out and they talk about Mona Lisa. I saw that last Any night. good? Yeah, I want to know. I liked it. Um, yeah, I want to go to more movies uh, this this winter because it feels like there's a lot of good ones out right now, and there's a lot that I haven't seen. Have you Have you guys been to the movies at all lately? Not at all. No. Triangle of Sadness, which we talked about in the last. Oh, podcast. right. Yes, yeah. which was an early November viewing. I found the ticket. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still. I need to see yeah. that. So actually. that's that's. That's a correction to the pod where I thought we saw it like a couple weeks into November and that's why the mustaches would have been around. Shane was ultimately proven right that it was like November 2nd. So not mm. enough time for guys to grow the November mustaches. It was legit. Oh, interesting. Speaking of which, I got to leave in four minutes. Cool. Can you, can you leave this up so Max and I can wrap or what are we at? Cause we're only at like 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I can leave it up. Yeah. Leave All it right. up. <laughs> hey, so okay. Shane, what do you got to, what do you got to do at 145? What do you got to do? I have to, um, get back to my day job <laughs> <laughs> well speak, okay speaking of because because we are talking about the show and doing it uh, were, were, did you run into people that were excited for the sketch show shane and excited to see see what you got cooking yeah everybody everybody was excited about it people who in fact people who had met me and didn't mention the sketch show would message me after the next day saying sorry i didn't mention the sketch show i'm really excited about it so there is People who are excited about the show, which is good. And I hope that you're excited, Max, when you see these edits. I hope you get excited because, you know, you're a wild card and card and you're a man of extremes. And you mm. might be like, eh, you know, 
I just let's not show your face so much, Shane. They people <laughs> may not like your face. Let's do some cutaways. Like I'm just curious what you're going to say when you. Hey, when should I watch it? What, what's what's the best mood for a comedy? I was gonna watch it with like Ash maybe this afternoon, but should I like wait for more of the boys to be around or like should I? Not bigger... more boys. Just maybe when you're not stressed. Now seems good because the big show's done. Yeah, maybe one beer. I don't want you to get like really uh, inebriated, but maybe half a beer just so you just relax your mind and you're open to suggestion. Okay, I like it. I'll do that. Okay, that's great. Well, and with that, we'll say bye to Shane and Max and I will chat for a bit longer just so that we give people a proper episode length. Mm -hmm. Um, Mike, you know, last week was a funny one with uh, like Twitter and, and Elon uh, oh, yes. and, and the demise of Twitter. But, you know, a week later, it still seems to be happening. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts? on? It? I, I, the more I think about Twitter, the more annoyed I am about it, because it's just like all these grown ass people just like talking about it as if it's like the be all end all. And you're kind of just like enough already. It's just like either do something useful or move along. But the idea that we just like talk about it, I just think in the, in the pie chart of how we should spend our time, the conversation, the amount of time we spend thinking about Twitter is so stupid. And we spend, and, and, and I have a lot of time for stupid stuff, like a lot of time for stupid stuff, but, <laughs> but, but Twitter just seems like especially stupid. And the way Elon uh, approaches all of it, is is especially like frustrating and disappointing. It's like I'm just tired of these jokers that are in charge. Donald Trump, Elon, et cetera, et cetera. It's like I just want yeah. serious, boring people in charge of things. <laughs> exactly. That's the title of the episode. Yeah. It's a, and it's a it's a it's a good position to have. Elon, it seems like he's relishing being an antagonist on Twitter. Like he's really enjoying sort of trolling a bit sort of that night that you're talking about like the demise of twitter the sort of everyone was eulogizing it it felt like a funeral that night and people were getting jokes off old tweets were coming out like we in the group we were joking ash was sending a ton of stuff me nathan it was really like it was fun and but a part of me was like fuck if this thing doesn't go down like i said that night i was like we've spent so much i've said my goodbyes now i kind of want it to be gone in the morning i want mm -hmm. twitter to just be gone in the morning and then of course it wasn't so it feels like Elon sort of wins again because he said he gets the news cycle and all of this stuff. But yeah, yeah I, you know, it, it is what it is. But and I don't know how truly like ubiquitous it is. I Like I saw a study that said something like journalists tend to use it the most as their social media platform. But the rest of the population doesn't like older people are using Facebook. Younger people are using TikTok. Like Twitter isn't like this thing that everybody, it just seems like that if you're there. It's a millennial thing. It's like millennial yes. smart people are just on Twitter. And there's a lot of idiots on Twitter too. A lot of idiots. But uh, yeah, it's just, it just so like, um, and don't get me wrong, I love a good tweet. Like people that are actually good at Twitter are fucking amazing. Uh, it's a f form of entertainment. But like, yeah. It's like, don't, don't people have anything better to do? It's like, get off your fucking computer and like go to a coffee shop and have a conversation with somebody, do you know, or like go, go to a bar, go to a movie, go to a concert, go to the park, go to you know, a gym, you, you throw a fucking Frisbee around, do anything, but just don't fucking just like hang out on Twitter and think of like the next shitty thing to say. It's just like, <laughs> so stupid. It's so lame. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I was, I was thinking about, um, yeah, just like the celebrity nature of Elon Musk and how, 
I was saying this to Ash the other day. It was just like, I kind of miss like, yeah, I miss boring, serious executives that are just, that just like yeah. do. Yeah. And the more like celebrities that are involved in running the thing, I think the worse off it is for everybody because it's like there, there, there is a time and place for unserious people like IE me and whatever I do all day long. <laughs> well, it's like, like it's the, like uh, what was that streaming service? Was it title? What was the one that had all the celebs run it? Oh uh, yeah. Title. Like, yeah, it was. It yeah. was disastrous almost out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know, you know, it's like, or, or, you know, Ja Rule being a part of a uh, fire fest. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, yeah. Give me, give me boring nerds running things always. Yeah. yeah. Um, Speaking of Ja Rule uh, getting involved in Firefest, we were talking a bit about this before, but Rolling Stone came out uh, recently with uh, their top 50 uh, worst decisions in the music industry. (laughs) And coming in at number eight was Ja Rule invests in Fire Festival. Uh, They they have (laughs) all sorts on here. Oh, they've got like uh, Decca passing on signing the Beatles. Uh, and oh, yeah. the, the, the head of the label, Dick Rose, saying that guitar groups are on their way out. Uh, you know, you have classic ones like that. You have Britney Spears passing on Umbrella, the song. And oh, she did? Then it, she passed on Umbrella because she was going through some, her, some personal stuff. So her, her team passed on it. Uh, Steve Van Zant quits the E Street Band just before Born in the USA tour in 1984. I did not know this. but I didn't know that. Oh, and listen to this quote. So it's like, um, yeah, the real cash wouldn't. So basically he was part of all the tours before that, uh, is, a you know, but the real cash wouldn't come until born in the USA finally gave the band the sort of pop success that could elevate them to stadiums. But Van Zant quit before it came out due to devote himself fully to his solo career. He says, it's the one defining moment of my life. Van Zant told Rolling Stone in 2020, it was a mistake I've never recovered from financially. It was apocalyptic. That said, we did take years off the life of the South African government. Uh, cause Van Zant had created our, uh, uh, United against apartheid in 85. He goes, but is that worth losing all of my friends, all of my power base, all my juice, all my celebrity capital to save a few lives. And you've got to say, yeah, sure it was. But I look back and think, geez, if only I could have done those things and stayed, I would have had the perfect life. What a wild quote from Steve Van Zandt. That is a wild quote. I'm kind of like shocked everything all it, around. And he, like but he even, joined the band again. It's not like he like, it's one thing if you like, you know, Pete Best and you're Pete Best and you're like, fuck, I wish I had practiced drums a little bit more. If I just practiced drums a little bit more, I could have just stayed in the Beatles and they wouldn't fucking fired me. And But it's not like that because he just got to join the band. Then he has proceeded to tour with Bruce for the last 30 years anyway. Right. But that's all I kept thinking. It's like, yeah, but yeah, it's like, and it's like, you would think that would accure more money, you know, Springsteen's still selling records, but maybe nothing was ever as big as that born in the USA record. I don't know. And then the royalties you get, I have no idea, but it was such a fascinating quote for him that it still sticks with them in 2020. He's giving that (laughs) quote, you know, yeah, it was very fascinating. What else is on the list? What else we got on the list? We got, uh, (laughs) the guys in CCR who aren't John Fogarty want to start writing songs. Uh, most rock bands would have been thrilled to have John Fogarty. Anyway, so that, that breakup. Uh, Gareth Brooks becomes Chris. Is Gaines. that why they we broke up? Hold that. on. So CCR broke up because the other guys wanted more tunes. Yeah, I guess and they wanted. Fogarty's to start like, tunes. "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go solo." Yeah, and, but then he fought with the label too. They, I think he got screwed. That was like a very, I think, litigious thing for a very long time. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Britney turning on Umbrella is a big one because they pause it or they 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 sort of suggest that maybe. Like Rihanna, because that song went number one in like whatever, a, mil- a bunch of countries. And it's, it was, they say it like kind of launched her, you know, 15 years of being one of the biggest pop stars in the world. If she doesn't mm. get that song, does it still happen for her like that? Who knows? Okay. I got one for you. Uh, yes, this, is, this is happening 
uh, as we speak, basically. And I'm curious to know where this might land. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't land on this list at all. But okay, uh, Matt Healy, 1975, who I really enjoy. Do you know anything about Matt Healy in the 1975? Oh, uh, I mean, just like who they are. Yes, we've talked about them on this podcast before. I saw them open, I think, at the Bud stage for somebody, or maybe it was they were playing. I went. Yeah. But yes, I'm aware of his work. It's, it's He, yeah. he uh, is of the mold of like the, the Gallagher brothers in a way where he's like very funny, you know, Northern, I think they're from Manchester, I think. Um, and kind of don't give a shit about like pissing people off, but he's also very kind of like, he's very self-aware, probably more so than the Gallagher brothers and kind of fancies himself like a little bit more high-minded in his like artistic pursuits. It's like he, he's, he's just like a lot going on, but he's also a, a former heroin addict. And, and he talked about jerking off a lot in his songs and stuff like that. Like he just kind of, right. and like, I think I, um, like he, he's almost in this like uncancelable, like realm of pop culture. And as I say that, maybe he'll get canceled tomorrow, but, um, because he owns up to his own misgivings like so easily and everybody knows he's kind of insane uh, is that people kind of like let him off the hook for stuff. And he's got, and you know, he had a funny post uh, on Instagram. This was about a month ago. And he was like, people think this is my, my hero. And he's like a photo of David Bowie, I think he's like, but this is actually my hero. And it's a photo of like Andy Kaufman. And then he starts listing all these comedians that he loves like class. Huh. Effort. Yeah. He, at a concert, I guess like two nights ago, I, I think he, he, people don't know the, the full context of it, but he brought a fan up on stage, this young woman and started making out with her. Like, I saw the clip. I saw and the then clip. The next night he brought a guy on stage and started making out with him. And people, yeah. when the girl came up, they're like, is she underage? Did she, did she consent to this? And then I guess she was like, no, I'm 24 years old. My sign said like, let's make out or something like that. So she was like totally happy about it, but it was just like, what a fucking move. And maybe like, you know, I know in certain like R&B shows and like Latin shows, they can become quite sexual where like, you know, Usher will have somebody on and they'll like sure. do some some sort of sexy dance or like Mariah Carey will like do it or Jennifer Lopez will do some like lap Did, dance. I feel like, yeah, didn't, I feel like Beyonce used to do that. They used yeah, to bring like, a, a yeah. guy up and he that, that in the That is in the tradition of, of some of that kinds of those, those genres, but in like rock and roll, especially in 2022, like white dudes that are 20 or 30 years old, like aren't doing that. No. So, it was, but I, it was so shocking, but also kind of hilarious. And also I think kind of harmless because everybody seems to enjoy it. Like who, I don't know who doesn't enjoy it, especially if it's like the person's holding a sign saying like, let's make out in front of everybody. And I just, it's a, it's a great bit. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. It's like, like as, yeah, as performance, you go, Oh, that in this day and age, that is kind of shocking you. Oh, so the, there's like value there as a guy that's performing by all accounts, you know, she was a willing participant excited for it. The one thing about the clip that was actually really jarring to me was the force with which he kind of pushed her back after the kiss. Like that was like, that felt very like violent to me. Like I was like, okay, the mm. kiss, you probably want to do you know what I'm talking about? It was like, it was almost like just as a kiss finished, he almost like pushed her back. Like he almost like compelled but maybe himself that's away. What you do, you know, if you're making it with someone new at a bar and you passionately, and like, and there's know. passion, you push them up against the wall and then they push you and it's just like all um, heated and emotional and, and like hot and all those things, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> know. Right. I yeah. don't know. No, I, I just thought it was like so funny. Cause I was just like, who in their right mind does anything close to that? Like in the last yeah. 20 years of, of rock and roll. 
Like, and, and again, it happens all the time in basically every other genre, but in rock and roll, it just like does not happen. And it's just very funny to me. So I wonder if bringing the man up was like a corrective, like his uh-huh. whole like, oh, like, like I'll do. But then what was that guy's deal? Was that guy like, <laughs> did he have was a sign? It was a great kiss. Did he watch the kiss? Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Well, I, I think I, I screen grabbed the drummer uh, for oh, yeah. looked, and I sent just his, <laughs> I isolated his look because his look was kind of like almost like, okay, here we go again. We and he just started banging <laughs> the drums. That made me that, laugh. Really. And that's why, and, and sometimes I think about what the band thinks of me and whatever antics I pull off on stage. And they're like, okay, Max is doing his thing. He's not shutting the fuck up. Okay. Max is crawling on the floor, chasing a microphone. Okay. You know, like, Max is, Max is bringing up some fans for a first dance. Okay. 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 Like Max, you know what I mean? It's like, so yeah. The, the, and the rest of the band is quite stoic in the 1975. Like they're not hams. So it's just like him up there, like gyrating while the rest of the band are just like normal indie rock dudes. It's great. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and that's like, that's always the thing that I'll find the most funny about any of those situations is it's like, yes, you're watching a rock show, but that's just, that's a company up there. That's their coworkers. They got to work together. They're doing this 50 nights a year. They're just like the person that is two cubicles over from you where it's like, oh yeah, that guy always eats fish at lunch and it fucking makes the office smell. It's like, it's just different. <laughs> it's different versions of that within the band. So sometimes they're just like watching different guys in the band while you're on like song number eight and it's the 10th night in a row. That's the fascinating stuff for me. That's where the, the real entertaining stuff is for, for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. All right, let's wrap it up. That's pretty good. That was good. I mean, you know, Shane would have had good takes. Shane would have had hot takes on the I old 50, uh, 50 worst decisions in rock. Uh, maybe we can revisit some more of those next week. But until next time, uh, thank you to Nathan Nash for putting it all together. Thank you to Manager Ash for everything. Yeah, it's been a great hang. Maybe the best. See you later, Maxie. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.